Good morning. Glad to see you here. Welcome. I'd like to, to give you one announcement, remind you uh, of uh, wonderful Wednesdays. So we begin back this Wednesday. Where's Rochelle? Rochelle, you got that, huh? <laughs> Inside joke. Okay, uh, and uh, reminder of prayer cards. Uh, if you have a prayer card, raise your hand. Right up here's one. And uh, everyone getting the bulletin announcement sheets as you come in? Okay, good. All right. All right. Then let us begin our worship together. Will you stand and sing with us?
righteous Job. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. and pray with me. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the opportunity to come here together as your children and worship and praise you. Give us the desire to make you our all in all and to worship you with everything that we do and everything that we are. Be with those that are not with us this morning and bring them safely back to us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Turn and greet your neighbor, tell them good morning, and children, if you would come up for the children's sermon. everybody. Um, let's wait on a few more friends. I really like what we're going to talk about in our children's sermon this morning. The title of the, what we're going to talk about is It All Depends on Jesus. And it's kind of a long Bible verse, but I want to read it to you. It's from Luke chapter 10 and it's verses 1 through 4. 
It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Do y'all remember this? This was kind of our theme for Sunday night programs last year. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. So during summertime, some of us take vacations, right? So I took a short trip this past week and this is what I carried on the airplane. So what do y'all think I would have in my bag that I needed on the plane? What do you see? Okay, there's a jacket. What else? Phone. My phone. Maybe. Yeah, Money. yeah. Yeah, makeup bag. Money. Money. There might be a little money in there. Probably not much. Some mints. Some glasses. Yeah, okay. So that's some things I would need. Do you think I have everything? Do you think I have everything I need in my bag? No. No? What else do I need? I do need shoes. Okay, so I could have my suitcase too, right? Yeah. So I would need more than just this big bag full of stuff. I would need a suitcase full of what? Clothes and comfortable shoes and maybe a bathing suit if we were gonna go swimming. Lots of stuff. Definitely need that. Yeah, so y'all are... That's right, definitely probably need some money. Um, so a lot of times when we go on vacation, we say we're going to get away from it all, but it doesn't seem like I'm getting away from it all. With this heavy bag and then another bag too, with my, all my clothes in it, it seems like I'm taking it all with me. If I have a big old bag full of stuff and a big old suitcase, do you think I'm gonna have everything I need for vacation? Yeah. I hope so after all that. Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus appointed 72 of his followers and sent them out two by two to go into every town and place where he was about to go. And do you know what Jesus told them to take with them? Did you catch it? Nothing. He said nothing. He said, go, do not even take a purse or a bag or a pair of sandals. Why do you think Jesus said that? I think it's because Jesus sent them on their mission and their success or failure did not depend on what they brought with them. It depended on who? Jesus. One reason I can be pretty certain of this is because of something else that Jesus told the people when he sent them out. He said, he who listens to you listens to me. And he who rejects you rejects me, but he who rejects me rejects him who sent him. Just as Jesus sent out the 72 people, he wants you and me to go to people today and share the good news that the kingdom of God is near. And the results do not depend on us. What does it depend on? Jesus. Jesus exactly right. So when people receive the message from us, we don't have to be all puffed up and excited when they accept it or rejected and discouraged if they don't hear our message. We just need to go and have Jesus in our hearts and tell the good news. Y'all think we can do that? No. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Will you bow your heads and repeat our prayer after me? Dear Jesus, may we be ready and willing to go when you say go and then leave the results up to you. Amen. Amen.
Before I begin this time of prayer, Corey reminded me or told me that uh, this is the 10th anniversary of this service right here today. 10th anniversary. And Don Lewis was the chair of the committee that uh, formed to bring this uh, service to us. And I will have to just tell you that that 10 years ago, y'all were on the cutting edge because they were a lot, very few churches had contemporary services uh, 10 years ago. So you should, uh, you who were here 10 years ago, anybody here 10 years ago? Raise your hand. Okay, great. Let's give, let's give ourselves a round of applause. Let us bow our heads for a time of prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O Lord, we come before you this day and we offer our thanksgiving and our praise to you. And we're here in the spirit of Jesus. And uh, we know we have been set free to worship you and, and, and to, be good, to be disciples you've called us to be. And yet we must confess, O Lord, that we've not been... 100% what you want us to be this past week. We know we are sinful people and we choose our own way oftentimes and set our minds on earthly things. And we pray this day, O oh Lord, that you would remember not the sins of our youth or the present day. And in your steadfast love, you would remember us and forgive us. And help us to remind, be reminded that the seeds of upbuilding the kingdom are in our hands. And we've been called to sow that seed uh, throughout our world. So empower us with your Holy Spirit that we may fulfill the task that you set before us. We know of your great mercy and we know your mercy is for all. And we pray, especially this day, that you'd show your mercy to uh, one of our congregation, Chris Harris. And we would pray, O oh Lord, that you would be with Chris and Judy uh, as he deals with this medical condition and goes through rehab. Lord, we pray for a new marriage, Emily and Ethan. We pray for them, pray for their love for each other and their love for you. We pray this day for all the young adults in our congregation and outside our congregation who are trying to make their way in the world. And we pray, O oh Lord, that they may draw closer to you and find the help they need to make it through this world with you. We know, O oh Lord, that you will show mercy. And so we lift up all who are on our prayer list, O oh God, who might suffer from body, mind, or spirit, and also those who we want to name in our hearts now. Make them whole in the way you know to be best for them and help us to accept your good and perfect will. Hear and answer us, O Lord, as we pray. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Today I am going to begin uh, for this week and next two weeks uh, doing some reading from the book of uh, the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. Going to be talking a little bit about Abram that we all know is Abraham. I once uh, had an inquisitive class of confirmands and I was asked, quizzing them a little bit and asked them, I said, who is the father of our religion? And one little kid said, John Wesley. Well, that's a pretty good answer. I said, no, further back. And someone said, Jesus Christ. I said, ah, that's very good, very good answer. No, further back, before Jesus. Who was before Jesus as instrumental in the fact that we are faithful people? And one little kid looked really odd and looked at me and he said, my grandfather? <laughs> the call of Abram. I like old Abram, and I like him, and I like the way God called him and changed his name because that's what God does to us. He calls us, and he changes us. I'm in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. And there he was told, I will, and then he was told, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Just think about that a moment. Just think about that. God calls you and says, the whole earth can be blessed through you. That's pretty awesome. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he got this call. And he set out from Haran, where he lived. And he took his wife, Aseri, later to become known as Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. And Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. And at that time the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram again and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called on the name of the Lord. And then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And uh, there was a, there's one little verse before that I want to add into this. I noticed as I was reading, when they set out... Okay, from Ur, which is their home, they came first to a place called Haran where they settled. Then they moved from Haran to the next place. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, thank you. Thank you that you decided not to forget us in our sin, that you decided not to leave us as we were worshiping idols, but you decided to find one man 
and through Him bless the entire world. Lord, help us to see how You work and how awesome You are and how through the span of history Your hand has been with us. We love You, Lord. Thank You for being with us. Amen. You know, uh, I don't know if any of, any of y'all ever see the uh, Bill Moore had a special a few years ago on Genesis. Anybody happen to see that on TV? It's on PBS. It was really, really good. Several weeks they covered the book of Genesis with lots of biblical scholars and so forth. What people tend to remember about Genesis is the big events, you know, like the creation story, uh, the fall, the story of the fall, the flood story. Uh, these big events. Um, but the first, and that's what happens at the first part of Genesis. But the next, that's the first 11 chapters. The next 14 chapters, though, Genesis, deal with this person called Abram, who we know as Abraham. And as I said, be, besides the Lord Jesus Christ, Abraham is the most important figure to all those who have a monotheistic faith in the world today. That includes the Jews, the Muslims, and Christians alike. And I believe there's much to be learned from looking at this man and what he did and what God did in his life. And probably the best place to start is what started with Abram. And that is God called him. Now what does that mean? Well, I contend that all of us have a calling. God is calling all of us to something. For example, God might be simply just calling you into a right relationship with God. We, another example is God is calling you to be witnesses uh, of God's presence here on earth. God is calling each one of us to do something. And God has gifted each one of us for the call that He has placed upon our life. Now sometimes we have a hard time with this. Uh, we, we feel like God must be making a mistake. Uh, me? Surely not. God could not call me. You wouldn't believe how many times I've said that myself through the years. Uh, no way. I've done this and that. I can't do this or that. Or I'm not good at this or that. But God still calls us. And that's because it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And you see the same thing with Abram. Who was Abram? Who was Abram? Well, Joshua 24, 2 says that Abram was part of an idol-worshipping family. Think about that. That his father, Abram's father, served other gods. Now that doesn't sound like to me someone that God would want to become the father of many peoples. But that's how God works. God does not call us based on who we are, what we are, who we know or what we know, but rather on what He is going to do in our life, what He's going to make us to become. There was nothing about Abram that made him stand out. And this is important to think. This is a theme that goes completely through the Bible. When they picked, when David, <coughs> David was picked, there was really nothing about him that would make him be picked to be the king. There was lots of things like this throughout the Bible where it seemed like the obvious choice the Lord passed over. 
He went to someone that you think is the least expected. My sister sent me a text yesterday, uh, Friday. She said, I'm watching your service on the internet. I thought, oh, Lord, no. <laughs> Later, I got another text. She said, amazing, amazing, my brother. That's because my sister knows me then, right? You see, it's amazing to her that God called me into the ministry. It's amazing to me that God called me into the ministry. I'm sure it was amazing to Abraham that God called him to be the father of all nations. There is nothing in us that makes us worthy of Christ's sacrifice at the cross. And yet, God called us into that relationship. God's call on our life means that God desires us where we are, who we are, and He, want, he desires to move us to the place that He desires us to be and to make us what God wants to make us. God wants to take each of you from where you are to a new place and God will show you where that place is. Now, the details are not really important right now. What's important is that God's call is there. And it's not about you or your lack of something or your lack of ability or your lack of being worthy or anything like that, but it's about God and what God wants to do. But it requires us to be willing. And I can think of a hundred things right now that God might be calling each one of you to do. Now one reason people do not fulfill the call of God is of course that free will. You have to give up your free will a little bit. You have to be willing. But the other thing is oftentimes God's call requires sacrifices. God's call requires sacrifices. Anytime we're going to follow the will of God, it requires a separation from something. In Abram's case, it was a separation from his past. It was a separation from his idol-worshiping family. And that was not an easy thing to do. In fact, if you read carefully the Scripture, that's why I backed up and I should have read that to start with that last verse in the other chapter is that you will see that he, when he told him to go, he didn't go all the way at first. He only followed God's call halfway at first. He did not go all the way <clears throat> to the town where he was supposed to go to. He went from Ur to Haran, and he settled there. But God would not leave him alone. And would see, that's the thing. We can't settle for less than God's will. If we're going to make that call, if we're going to follow that call, we have to follow it all the way. Because here's the reason why he, God didn't want him to stay there in Haran. Because it had something very much in common with his hometown of Ur. And that is they practiced idol worship with a moon god. So God calls Abram again. And commands him to leave all that's familiar. 
And what he's doing is he's removing him, he's moving him from his comfort zones. We see that God is moving Abram away from those idolatrous surroundings. And he's moving him away from those things that might hinder him. And you see, if we are truly to pursue God's call on our life, we must be willing to sacrifice and to give up those things that hold us back from answering God's call. This is the way Jesus said it. Does anybody remember? Jesus said, you must daily deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. It's the same concept. If we're willing to give up things that hold us back from answering God's call, God will do incredible things in our life. It's not too late. If God has called you and you're only halfway there, press on, surrender your will, sacrifice whatever it is that's holding you back, and carry forth to where God is leading you. Most of the time what holds us back is something in our past. We want to cling to something in our past. We want to cling to something that we did that we've not either forgiven ourselves for or allowed the Lord to forgive us. But God will not give up on us. We only give up on ourselves. We must not give up on ourselves. God hasn't. We shouldn't either. If God gave up when He gives a call on people, then I know there's a lot of people who would not be here today. I certainly wouldn't. He didn't give up on me. And one of the great biblical verses for you to remember is Philippians 1.6, which says, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. If God is calling you to go and do something to build up the kingdom, He will bring it to completion. Now, with Abram, He had to call him twice. He had to keep pushing him and calling him. But He also promised Abram some things, which is also for us. God's not just calling us without promising us something. And the promises to Abram are the same promises that He promises to us. He promised Abram, I will bless you. That promise stands for all of us. If you follow God's call and you follow God's direction, God will bless you. God told Abram, I will make your name great. He took Abram, He changed His name to Abraham. He took away his old identity and gave him a new one, a greater one. One that stands the test of time. Given the fact that we're talking about Abraham today is amazing. I will make you a blessing. That is a promise for us all. I will make you a blessing if you follow my call. God would take Abram and turn him into a person who blessed many peoples. In fact, Abram would be a blessing to all the families of the earth because through Abram comes the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The people of the covenant that were first called out with Abram and those that followed God, they did nothing 
to inherit God's favor. All these blessings to Abram, to those who followed him, those families who've been blessed by him, you included, all that was part of God's keeping his word to Abram. Now think about that. I don't want to go over that too fast. Listen to me again. The blessings that you have right now today as being a follower of Jesus Christ and knowing Christ and knowing the hope of heaven is because of God's fulfilled promise to Abram. God's fulfilled promise to Abram. You and I did nothing to deserve Jesus Christ, but it's all in keeping His word to Abram. Abram could have said, what if? Okay, after he said, me? You want me? Well, what if? That's what most of us say next, right? What if? What if I mess up? Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I can't do this. Stand in front of a group of people and speak. How many times have I bet you? I bet if I, if I show hands, half of y'all would say, "Oh, I, I cannot stand group of people and speak." Okay. The first time I did that was in a seminary class, the preaching class, and the professor after the class said, wrote on the, the critique to me. He said, "I'm going to move over here so you can see this." He said, what you had to say was good, but he said, I was so distracted by your pants that were shaking because my legs were shaking so bad. I can't do it. Go, I'll make you a blessing. I will bless you. What if I lack faith? The Lord says, I have saved you. Remember, it's all based on who God is, not on who we are. So God maintains His calling on your life. And our responsibility is to follow Him with faith. Remember, Abram did not know where he was going. The Lord said to him, I will show you the land. Wait a minute, Lord, you mean I don't get to see some pictures of it first? No. Well, can I, can I see the route we're going to take? Can I plug it into my GPS? Make sure I like that route. No. Go. Abram was going to become a great nation. Abram could have said, what if? I have no children. I'm 75 years old. My wife is barren. How can this be? He still followed God. We're going to talk about Sarah a little bit next week. Abram was just beginning his journey. And he would make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But the point is this. On verse 4 he said, it says, it says the conclusion of the matter. This is what it says. Abram went forth as the Lord instructed. Abram went forth in faith, trusting God just because God said. 
God is calling some of you today to serve. God is calling some of you out of a life of addiction. God is calling some of you out of a life of sin. God is calling you because there's something better He desires to lead you into. The question is, will we step out in faith and answer God's call? Quit trying to figure out why God would call you. Quit trying to figure out what God's even calling you to. Just trust and follow God's lead. It's not about you or me. It's about God. If you're willing to sacrifice some of your free will, if you're willing to sacrifice and to go where God leads you, if you are, you then be ready to receive blessings because God will promise, as promised, blessings to those who will respond. Are you ready to take the gift that God has given each one of you and use it to build up His church? Let's pray. Lord, take our hands and lead us to where You would have us to work for your glory and help us to so trust, so believe that we don't look back. We only look forward. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's stand and respond with our affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You be seated and let our ushers come forward as we receive our offerings.
Would you stand and sing with us? sing of your love forever that's all that worship is about that's what worship is about and that is how we are blessed through our worship with our Lord and just in case you forgot know that you have the blessings of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen
Have a great week.